you see somebody pass their level fives and gave us a big thank you because we helped them prepare for it. Really? That's cool. I did not see that. That was on Facebook. I think it was on, on the Dojo You Engage. But uh, yeah, you guys sent us a picture of a certificate and said, thanks for helping me prepare. I passed. It's really kind of cool. That is very cool. By the way, we are live. So uh, as things get going, we are just uh, chilling out on, on the Dojo you and um, getting yeah. things going. And a picture of a certificate and said, thanks for helping me prepare. And then uh, I'm letting the audio feed into the live feed just for no particular reason at all. And uh, yeah, welcome to the seventh episode of Dojo U Live, where we, today we will be critiquing the uh, students as they work on parts three and four of Arneson Castle. Um, it's really hard to play this tune, I think. I think that's what we've learned about Arneson Castle. Um, uh, it's it's such a big leap. I think that's one of the big challenges of piping, right? It's such a big leap from Rowan Tree to Arniston Castle. Even though as Strathspeys go, you might be tempted to say, oh, Arniston Castle is one of the more accessible ones. Um, maybe. For example, I know a lot of the juvenile bands play this tune and stuff like that, but it's a big leap and there's a lot of stuff going on. So... We've spent a lot of time at Dojo U over the past two weeks, like talking about if you're a beginner or an intermediate player, if you're even approaching this tune at all, what's the best way to do it? Um, and so hopefully a lot of people have taken the wise route and uh, simplified stuff today for their recordings. Um, or if not, that they've you know taken care to really maintain their fundamentals during the performance, even if it means slowing it down a little bit. Anyway, I digress. Welcome to episode seven. What is Dojo U Live, you ask? Right, Carl? Is that what you just asked? It's been a burning question on my mind. Do tell me. Um, you know what it is. This is the seventh episode, so shame on you. But uh, I have to shame you a little bit every episode. Uh, Dojo University membership. Okay, we have a lot of cool stuff as part of a Dojo U membership. It's our attempt to create a great piping school on the internet, right? So we have live classes, uh, not dissimilar from this one, where folks can tune in uh, and interact live, play for critique, stuff like that. We've got private Facebook group where people can ask questions and hang out um, with some of the world's best pipers. We have a lot of the world's best pipers in that group, even though they don't actively teach at Dojo U. Like uh, Jim McGilvery comes to mind. James McCaddy is on there sometimes. Uh, and so we've asked a lot of people to come in uh, and help out with students. So that's a huge perk of uh, being a premium member. For example, Carl, was there ever a time when you were a young piper and you're having trouble with something and it would have been nice to just send a message to a large a beehive full of super expert bagpipers. Absolutely. That didn't exist when I was young. I know. I mean, old, but, uh, yeah. I was super no way, fortunate. Like, I was personally super fortunate to have my dad, who was an excellent piper, teach me how to play. So he was always around. But even then, like, my dad is, isn't Bruce Gandy. So sometimes we would get to some sort of passage of a P-Rock or something, and it sure would have been nice. But I digress. Uh, at Dojo U, we also have a daily dose program. 
And it's only called that because there's two D's in it. So we dojo you daily dose. What it really is, is it's a daily exercise for you to play or critique as well. We have a separate Facebook group that people beam up their exercise recordings to and they get feedback from our um, dojo you staff. Uh, if you live in the USA, you get a discount on supplies. We now have our new belt system at DojoU now as well, which is um, <clears throat> an achievement hierarchy. So uh, so as you achieve things as a piper, like um, let's start simple, shall we? Like you march in a parade. Uh, you get some points towards your next belt achievement, you know, white belt, yellow belt, stuff like that. Um, and there's actually achievements all the way up to black belt, uh, I'm not even a black belt yet though, mostly because I'm lazy, but, but to become a black belt at Dojo U, you have to be actually really good at bagpipes. So it's, it's a great way to kind of measure your progress as a player and, and kind of keep things organized where you maybe should look uh, to reach that next level of playing. So we've been busy over here at Dojo U, uh, if you can't tell. Now, with all that said, Carl, we have a little bit of a problem here, don't we? Are you experiencing deja vu right now, Carl? Uh, it's not abnormal. Um, but uh, we have a little bit of a, of a problem, which is how do you know if all of the stuff we're doing here at Dojo U is helping you? How do you know if you're making progress? How do you know if you're actually able to put your money where your mouth is? You don't. Until, until now, or more correctly, until the first episode of Dojo U Live. What Dojo U Live is, is uh, students submitting uh, a, a recent performance for critique. And what we've developed here kind of behind the scenes is just a little rubric um, that we've carefully constructed that, that pops out a numerical score at the, uh, you know, at the end. So when people submit a recording, we're able to say, okay, the quality of your scale navigation was... X and the quality of your basic rhythm was Y. And that kind of comes out with a score. And so you're actually able to see and mark your improvement over time. Uh, or as people might see today, it's really difficult to get a good score on a tune like Arneson Castle. Uh, what is the mission for this week? Um, here it is over here at dojouniversity.com. When you're logged in, you'll see the mission. Uh, third and fourth parts of Arneson Castle, and during class this week, we sp uh, uh, spent a good deal of time talking about embellishment quality, bagpipe maintenance, etc. So by Thursday, September 27th, is that today? I think it is. That is today. Uh, people are to have submitted recordings for critique, and I think, I could be wrong, but we're just about ready to experience our first critique right now. And I think you have to go first this week. I thought it was you this week. I I thought, no, I no definitely worries. went first, first last week. By the way, welcome to everybody on the Facebook video. Make sure you comment in on Facebook Live. Let us know you're here and say hi because otherwise I don't have any use for my Facebook comments uh, window view here. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go with Sven on parts three and four. Are you ready, Andrew? I am. Um, Scoring and you're doing color. I'm coloring, okay. <clears throat> Here we go.
Okay. Really nice performance. Uh, Sven was one of the last ones last week. Uh, and I, I'm sure, I don't exactly remember, but I'm sure one of my biggest comments last week was that we were really lacking what we call at Dojo U, the ALAP ASAP factor, which is really maximizing the contrast between dots and cuts, right? So, so last week, Where we didn't have the contrast between the dot and the cut, we really lacked that expression or the stress bay lift that we're really looking for. So this is a huge transformation in the quality of the playing. So Sven, if you're out there, really nice job. I don't know if he's tuned in this morning or not, um, but uh, really nice job. And what you probably found is that what I think, or what I think I heard was the ALAP ASAP became really, really great. But in order to get that, we sacrificed some of the quality of the embellishments in the process. And that is like the, uh, that's the kicker, right? Oftentimes when we refocus on a certain fundamental and get it, sometimes we have to take one step back with another fundamental. And, and that's fine. I don't think you took like eight steps back. Just some of the D throws and grips uh, in the playing here could be um, a lot better. And there were some moments where the rhythmic accuracy wasn't perfect, but overall it was really good. I was really impressed with that performance uh, overall. I suppose that I could also say that the bagpipe sounded pretty good as well. Yeah, definitely sounded good. It was a nice performance to start things off. Uh, great improvement here. So Carl is uh, is completing his uh, performance rubric here. Here we go. Submit. That's a pretty nice score. All right, here we go. So, Sven, I think you'll find this is a huge improvement over last week, as noted there. Um, just a couple of small things here. So, first, scale navigation I thought was really good there, but there were just a few Whoops. small, small, and small definitely, but... Small catches, small crossing noises, especially centered around some of the technique. So when, when you have a short doubling there, sometimes you get a little uh, crossing noise popping back up to the top hand. For example, in the second part, the short half C doubling, there's one or two small little catches in there where your C fingers might be going down a hair early. So watch out for those. Rhythmic accuracy, very steady but I thought you were consistently a tiny bit ahead. It's that one or 2%, very, very small, but things are falling just a tiny bit ahead of the beat. So um, now that we've got that great ASAP ALAP, you gotta also just take that step back and have that confidence to, to play right on the click of the metronome. Embellishment quality, um, we heard those suffer a little, as Andrew mentioned. Um, doublings may be a little bit too tight. We're not, basically, sum it up, the, the doublings and the grips, the D throws, we're not hearing the steps as well as we did maybe last week. So you got to find that middle ground. Tonal quality and tuning I thought were really, really good. Nice bagpipe, very enjoyable to listen to. So a final score of 73.25 is pretty good to start really off. Really good. What do you say, Andrew? That's really good. I'll be surprised if we have many more in the 70s. Uh, but... I you, I, you never know. I've been proven wrong on occasion. It's a difficult thing to do though, right? Like, as you can see, like that's the sort of 
that's a sort of standard that's going to be required. And there's still quite a few issues you could tackle uh, to bring the, for the performance technically uh, to the next level. You know, so Indeed. that's what we're primarily focused on here is like improving technique. Um, and so I think it would be easy, you would, you know, you wouldn't want to compete or perform for a crowd of 2000 people uh, at 60 beats per minute uh, with a metronome click, like, like blasting in the background. I don't think that's really the point here. Uh, I think that could easily be misunderstood. Right. The point here is to evaluate our technique and see where there are opportunities to improve. Um, and yeah, you have a couple of different options. You could sit down with one of the best players in the world several times a week and get that like hands-on direct feedback where they tell you exactly what to do. Um, but if that's not available to you, then what? Well, turn a metronome on figure out exactly how you're doing relative to the beat. You know, um, submit some recordings for yourself and other people to have a listen to and to be critical of. I think that's another really good option. That's what we're doing here. Um, it occurred to me that Anders, his name is actually probably pronounced Honest or something along those lines. I was going to say Anders. Oh, yeah. um, there's only one way to find out, which would, which would be if... Help us. How um, should we be saying this correctly? <laughs> because I knew a guy named Anis once. I still know him, as a matter of fact. A uh, really great drummer from Denmark. Uh, and, and he spelt his name like this. Arniston 3 and 4. Exactly. Okay, I am ready to critique. Here we go. job there and um, good let's just pause that good work so what's interesting here is um, we were talking about uh, working on embellishment quality this week and I think that was definitely one of the focuses of um, this tune now that has both positives and a negative side to it right so the embellishments here as a whole really well 
articulated. Most of them are really, really excellently played. However, we can hear that they are also the focus. And so other things have suffered a little bit because of that focus, like the rhythm, the ASAP, ALAP treatment, right? These are things where we were focused so much on the embellishments here and getting those in that the rhythmic accuracy, we let that fall a little behind. We had to maybe play a little catch up and, and they became sort of the focus of the music. So um, this is one of those really challenging parts, right? Yeah, we got to focus on the embellishments and work to improve them, but they can't take too much either. Or this is a week where we're just working on that alone, and we're going to see maybe the other scores um, uh, diminish just a little bit. But um, you know, that's that's something to always keep in mind. We're always focused on one thing, and sometimes the other things trickle down a little bit. But then we have to bring those back up and work to integrate any progress that we make. Uh, into the overall picture. So, um, bagpipe I thought was pretty good there. Um, drone's fairly well tuned. Maybe the channel just a little thin though. Uh, the, the recording was just a tiny bit hot, meaning um, maybe just a tiny bit overloaded. It wasn't distorted necessarily. My microphone placement. Microphone placement. Like, I guarantee you the microphone was placed far closer to the chanter than you would ever want to be if you were listening to a bagpipe, right? Yeah, so, it's probably at the same level, like it was right in front of the chanter yeah. versus maybe a little bit nearer to ear level where we get more drum sound. But. That's right, like, like and, and so put the microphone where you would want to listen to yourself from, right? That's the golden rule. So for me, I put the microphone minimum six, probably closer to 10 feet away. And that gives me the nicest blend of sound. And, and, then, um, and then in this case, Anders, we'll go with that until I'm corrected. In this case, Anders, um, we need to muffle it or turn down the gain a little bit because it was a little bit distorted in quality. Um, yeah. Just in case you have a small practice room and you don't have 10 feet, by the way, a little trick is, one, turn down the, the gain a little bit there. But face away from it. You're gonna get plenty of chanter sound uh, in a small space like that. Um, and so facing away from the recording can help with that as well, at least for, in my experience. All uh, right, so talk us through this score here, Andrew. So, good job. Quite a few crossing noises. Rhythmically not quite tight as Carl was mentioning. Grace note quality not too bad, liked it. Uh, embellishment quality, not really like getting accurate, even correct embellishments, okay? And then dot cut quality and consistency. I think this is the biggest thing, right? Um, not really showing any contrast between dot and cut. So the result is unfortunately very round is what, the, what you would typically call that, right? Right, and that's the most important thing about a stress bay overall at the end of the day is that the expression of it or the lift or the feel uh, is <clears throat> that sort of maximum contrast. So what I kind of wrote is I think that simplifying this tune first to try to like learn that feel and understand what you're going for 
that would be way more valuable, especially at this stage of development. It'd be way more valuable than trying to fit all the embellishments in and trying to get it all, right? So instead of what we heard, maybe do something like this. Something like that. Uh, something along those lines. Just simple grace notes and melody notes and trying to get the lift of the tune going really well. That would be something to really work towards. And then once you get that sounding great, then start to add in embellishments one at a time. Like maybe if you feel good about your e-doublings, because I think, I think those were really good, um, add those in and do that you know, for a bunch of reps. And then later add in like the D throws and or in the fourth part, we have those tricky grips, okay? Um, there it is. There it is. I, I, there's, All right, well, we are. It's not just a beating, folks. Um, it's not just a beating. It's, it's what you want. It just hurts a little bit, right? All we're doing is going through objectively uh, what's not happening yet, you know? Um, but this helps us orient on what we want to improve on. Yes. And make that weekly progress. That's that's the, the key. And if you do this every week, you, you do see that improvement. Um, you see it in, in the numbers, but also hopefully in our commentary. So. Take Sven, for example. Very good. All right. Are we ready for another? Yes. All right. Well, here comes Ken. I'm scoring him, and you're doing color. So here we go with Ken's recording. Ken, Ken, Ken. Nice job, Ken. So the pipes started off sounding good, but certainly by the second part, the drones were no longer in tune. So it's probably mostly blowing, but if changes in blowing change your drones that much, uh, we probably have a calibration issue going on, um, or at least some sort of like drone read adjustment issue. So. 
Um, I think that that's probably worth thinking about a little bit. It's like, why did the bagpipe change so much there? And it might just be that we need to solidify that blowing. There's certainly quite a bit of mental blowing um, anomalies going on in this tune because it's hard, right? This tune's really hard to play. So it's really easy to just kind of lose track of our blowing and and have it like not be like totally solid. Um, playing wise, you started off with a great vibe, but then by the second line, we're kind of in old Ken territory a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit in that we're starting to edge ahead of the beats. Um, and we're starting to not give the, the nice, super long value to those dotted notes, right? We're starting to just skimp off of them a little bit early, uh, causing either slight roundness in spots or that slight, slightly stilted ahead of the beat playing. Um, I think that's why the metronome can be so valuable, right? It really shows us exactly like what's starting to happen. Um, <clears throat> so. Um, what do we think of the scale nav there? Uh, you know what? Uh, it seemed all right. Um, we had grace note synchronization problems as we started to lose the rhythmic ish, the, the rhythmic stuff, right? All right, here we go. So, scale nav, that was pretty good. You know, I don't think I heard anything either. So maybe that's a little low, but anyway. Um, so rhythmic accuracy, Andrew already mentioned a little bit ahead there in that second part. Um, you know, just sort of falling off the, the, the wagon just a tiny bit there. Um, and then those few uh, grace note sync errors. I heard some in the, where was it? It was the first part. Um, it was like a C doubling E grace note to A kind of thing, um, where the grace notes ended up a little bit out of sync. Uh, so watch out for that at the ending phrase. Uh, let's see. Throws a bit open, but well-spaced in the sense that the steps are even. They're just a little on the large side there, so we can work to to uh, make those a little bit more snappy. Uh, of course, we don't want to lose that balance, though, so watch out for that. And then um, the ASAPs. Right from the beginning, there was one or two occasional ASAPs, the short notes there, that got a little bit large because you went to them early. Now, you made those corrections in the first part, but that sort of drug you back down uh, in the second part and contributed to that overall uh, more round feeling in that second part. So, um, And then tuning pretty good, but I would say drums were a little bit flat because of what happened in the second part, right? Um, they were out of tune as we got to the second part. I think you raised the pressure a little bit because um, uh, we are playing on the top hand. And as a result, the drones ended up out of tune as well. Um, so maybe not in the sweet spot. Something to examine. And of course, as Andrew mentioned, calibration um, can be a contributing factor then. Yeah. Because if they were in tune at a lower pressure and out of tune at a slightly higher pressure, that means each drone read is changing um, at a different rate. Meaning it's taking more or less air than the others. So definitely something to consider. But overall, really strong performance. Um, and um, I think a good improvement over last week, Ken. I remember it pretty well. So, uh, yeah, nice job there. Good, good, good playing. Well, then. Ah, crap. What'd you do? Not what I wanted to do. Carl. Hid the, 
That's all right. It's coming back. I did a, I've done that today a couple times too. I, I think it might be because uh, it's going to be a full moon like in a couple days or something. Oh, it was like yesterday, but anyway. Was the full moon yesterday? I don't know. So maybe it's like a full moon hangover. Speaking of which, um, the the sky and the weather is so beautiful today. I really don't feel like the the sky cam does it justice here. Um, like this morning, it was incredibly gorgeous driving in. Um, but uh, but there you go. It just looks kind of normal here on the sky cam. Well, like nothing. Sort of that start of fall, and uh, just look forward to the beautiful leaves. I don't know why they moved the camera to the right. Like it, you can't see any of Troy with this view. Um, but um, but I don't have much I don't have much say over this uh, the Troy Skycam. Um, so so there it is. Um, all right, you're up next, Andrew, with Jen. All right. You know when you're ready. Oh, I see. I see what this is. Okay. I am ready. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> Metronome tone. Excellent. Nice job. Jennifer, nice job there. Really, really, really good. A um, couple of things I noticed. So uh, the drones were really close, really, really close. But it's one of those things where um, it's something we talked about with Beth a couple of weeks ago or maybe even a little longer now. But um, it'd be great for you to focus just a tiny bit more on locking them in 100% together, even if, even if it's not perfect with the channer work to really get all three of those domes locked in so and in this recording we're not at all far off it's really good sound but it's that extra turn that extra is this as good as i can make it or should i try a little bit further that it just missed on maybe one of those tenor drones and that's that 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 tiny little bit but it makes a huge difference and um, so think about that here over the next week or two always go a little bit further and ask yourself, right, whether it gets better or not. Um, but overall, very, very good there and very close. So excellent progress there. I know that's something you have been steadily improving on, so that's really good. Next, rhythmic accuracy. First beat, 
right on, second beat, early, but you caught yourself. And you were consistently working to be good with that metronome. But you can hear it's just a little of a struggle there. Um, and, and so being maybe more comfortable with the tune will help there as well and playing it more. But um, we're hearing just moments where something drags you a little bit ahead. It might be worth trying to be late once in a while. Just that, give, give yourself that tiny bit little extra and see if it all works out in the wash. And, and you end up on the beat more often than a tiny bit ahead. So, um, yeah, that was, that was really uh, a good performance and moving along in the right, uh, right direction. Okay, I'm done. There you go. So uh, all that stuff Carl said. Um, broke 60. That's good. Really good. <clears throat> definitely on the edge. But uh, definitely on the edge of 60, but really nice. So uh, all the stuff Carl said, we had some little crossing noise things to clean up. Rhythmic accuracy edging ahead of the beat on a fairly regular basis, but it's just edging and it just needs to be worked on a little bit. Like, like we were talking with Ken yesterday, just like, you know, uh, play, play some, or do some thought experiments. Like, like okay, what happens if, I'm, if I try to be uh, one millionth of a second late to every single click? You know, try that. Like, like be, be accurate, but not precise uh, on the other side of the beat and see what happens. Uh, single grace on quality, very good, but we had some synchronization sloppiness in the high hand work in the second part. Um, second part's difficult. Yeah, but there, yeah, that's the spot, isn't it, Carl? So yeah, uh, we're still with the G grace note to F. So yep. Really so we're still on the E by the time we're done with that G grace note, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, embellishment quality, really nice. Um, it's not the D throw I would play, but I respect it, right? Because I'm hearing all the accurate, even steps of a heavy D throw, and you, and she's just going for it, and it's clean. So, so Jen, if that's if that's the way you want to go, like just own it. I respect it. Definitely, really nice. We just had some sloppiness and you know uh, stuff, especially in the second part with the embellishments. Dot cut quality and consistency, really good, really really solid. Not perfect, but. We really felt the expression coming through there nicely. Tonal quality, pretty good. No drastic out of control blowing, which is nice. Although we did, we did kind of drop below the sweet spot, which you can kind of tell because it got kind of scratchy up on the high hand, suggesting that it wasn't getting the full amount of air that we wanted. Uh, and tuning, um, we, the channel went sharp by the end. The bass wasn't quite in tune with the tenors, but like it's still a big improvement, Jen. You're still producing uh, far uh, increased quality of sound than we had been in the past. So good job. Solid. Yeah, excellent. Really, really solid and good performance there. I love it. You should be pleased, Jennifer. Keep up the good work. Uh, I suspect if it was an easier tune, it would be an even higher score too. Don't forget like the difficulty of the tune um, could almost be factored in. Should be in a way, right? I mean, if you do something more difficult and you're at this similar level, it's normal to have a slightly lower score. 
You can see that in other sports like figure skating. The more advanced, sometimes you get slightly lower scores, but that's normal for that type of competition. Yeah. I mean, it would be like, I mean, you could measure, I thought about this, this is a little bit nerdy, but like people speculate what the difficulty of a tune is. Like if you go to pipetunes.ca, amazing website for uh, downloading tunes uh, done by Jim McGillivray. But he, he puts all of the, by the way, he's come up twice in this show. I think he's trending. Jim McGillivray's trending. Um, but um, he, he sort of says what he thinks the difficulty level of all the tunes is, right? But I think you could do it, especially with the dojo fundamentals, you could do it in a way that's a little bit more nerdy and maybe a little bit more successful, like overall. Like you could measure, okay, the number of, uh, yeah, number of grace notes and, yeah, like the number of grace notes and ASAPs per, you know, per four beats or something. Yeah, and you can also get super nerdy and like how many possible crossing noises are there in this tune. Yeah, yep. And yeah, like you could get super nerdy. The, the trick would be to get a computer to do all the work for you. Like <clears throat> program it to look at all of the possibilities. Oh my God, see now you have me all excited. Now you have me all excited there, Carl. <laughs> We're gonna be spreadsheeting here for the next two days. Uh-oh. <laughs> all right, well, we've got Beth up next. <laughs> and I am on scoring here, so. <laughs> New app idea. You heard it here first, we're copywriting it, everybody, that's us. <laughs> all right, oh, we, we have a question on the, um, we have a question on the Facebook comments. Hi, Andrew. I have a quick question. When I strike my bagpipe, it always seems to only strike the tenor drones, and I'm having to blow out of my mind to get the bass drone in. This doesn't allow me to play the E. Yep, you need to adjust your bass drone read. And I think what you're saying is... Yeah. Tom, are you a Dojo U member? Uh, because if you are, I highly recommend the strike-ins mini course that we have at Dojo U. Uh, because uh, you could be having any number of issues there. I'm having to blow out of your mind to get the bass drone in. So is the bass drone like squealing, like double toning, or is it playing a different tone and then coming in to pitch when you blow harder? So, so it sounds like uh, just calibrating the drone read properly. Um, and it may also be related to your strike and technique as well. Uh, it could be related to the type of read that you're playing etc etc so that's a tough one to answer but andrew says needs you need to adjust your bass drone read definitely in the cards right so yeah. tom if you are a member definitely check that out if not become one and check it out was that too forward that might have been too forward no i don't think so come on we got we got tons of materials that'll help you solve that in like an hour or less uh, and get your bagpipes better than you've ever had them. So there's an added good, bonus. Good value. There's an added bonus to becoming a member and signing up for the Strikens course, which is when I recorded that course, I was like 40 pounds heavier than I am right now, and I I look like uh, I look like the Marshmallow Man. Uh, so I too harsh on yourself. No, I I've, I it's therapeutic. I'm like super. Uh, proud of myself when I watch those old videos. 
<laughs> Should be. All right. Speaking of proud, let's go on and let's listen to Beth's recording. Aim low. One one last thing. One last tangent. Aim low, people. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean you're aiming. This is related to like weight loss, but also to piping, which is aim low. What I mean by that is not aim downward, but aim just a little bit upward every single day, right? Uh, don't try to lose 10 pounds in a month. Try to lose one pound a week and keep it going for 40 weeks. And if you do the math, right, like two years or something, it's taken me to lose 40 pounds. So I'm not even close to the one pound a week. But, but set the bar, set the improvement, like objective low, folks. It seems like contradictory to all the cliches, but that's the objective. And it's the same with piping, right? Like, let's get your, let's get your score up 1%, you know, uh, every couple of weeks on average. Uh, and then by the end of the year, that's like 20 to 30% better that you can become. Okay, now I'm ready for Beth. All right, here comes Beth. You're doing color. It's a pretty good job, Beth. I mean, um, overall, and you did, you just kind of kept plowing, which is good. And, and you did it in a very musical way. So uh, make sure you get, you're giving yourself enough credit for that, because uh, that was pretty good. Look, that performance was pretty good. But the number one thing, the number one single thing you could do to improve that performance drastically is... Give the dotted notes a full value so that you can hit the beats on the click, right? You're not waiting long enough uh, to, uh, before you're going to the next click and you're always early. And so you're always kind of floating in space trying to find that groove, right? We got to nail those beats a little bit better. Uh, and, and a lot of the issues that you had are gonna to come together. Like, that's that's what all my funny faces were. I was like, I just wanted you to wait that split second more for each of the beats. Um, and then, you know, the ASAP ASAP's gonna to come together a lot better and the embellishments are gonna feel a lot easier to play and they're gonna come through a lot cleaner. Um, yeah. Good. There's 
there's a lot of positives here. And and we know, Beth, this is a challenging tune, right? Really, really challenging tune. So you did a great job of, of doing just that, working on this tune and, and getting in a good recording. So a couple of things that did suffer a little bit this week um, and that might be a little lower than uh, previous weeks. The biggest one, I thought, was the tonal quality, um, right? Maybe you got a new read or something, but you can definitely hear here plenty of little chokes. And then the complexity of the second part, I think, also contributed to um, a little uh, less stability in that second part. We, we were a little lower pressure there out of that sweet spot. So, um, you know, that definitely suffered this week, and I've heard you do a lot, lot better on that. So, um, you know, think about a little bit what might have caused that. Is it just the, the complexity of this tune, or maybe it just needs that tiny little bit more to keep things consistent? On the other hand, I thought the drones were quite well in tune. They were very well locked, um, and, and so that was pretty pleasant for me. So great job there. And I know you've been making steady progress that. Really, really cool. Scale navigation was pretty good. And then we got to the second part. And we got some real big crossing noises. I would guess, Beth, and, and I wouldn't, don't worry about this too much, the big crossing noises there. I think really what happened was you're probably struggling with the pressure. Um, knowing that you had those chokes, things were uncomfortable. And you were probably quite stressed on that top hand. A little bit of that uh, white knuckling in the second part. And yeah, when your fingers are super tight in that top hand, you're going to get those crossing noises. E to high A, if your fingers are tight, it happens. So, you know, think a little bit, maybe change perspective here a little bit. And things like scale navigation will go up and tonal quality will go up if we keep that focus on keeping those bagpipes comfortable and staying relaxed and confident. Um, Andrew already mentioned the rhythmic accuracy and coupled there with the ASAP ALAP. Great to hear that that contrast a little bit more, right? Getting on the beat, making those short notes as short as possible. The result, of course, is a nice long dotted note. So um, if you can do that from a totally relaxed, confident standpoint, I think this will be a lot easier for you. That being said, we did make good progress this week, and you're doing a good job of continuing to move forward. So. Nice positive performance, Beth. Even if the score is a little lower, don't worry about it. Yeah, you know, this is a, a really good learning experience for you. I think it's a good performance, and Beth, like just sort of subjectively, I, I think that shows a lot of improvement there. So it's good. Yeah, it's good. Love it. All right. So who is up next? We have. We have. We have. Yeah, Ephraim. Ephraim is up next, Andrew. So here comes Ephraim's recording. Goody do. Ephraim, are you out there in the ether? Let's see. I don't see him on the internal side. Might be on Facebook. Uh, Ephraim had a frustrating week last week, so so can we come back from that? Either way, Ephraim's a champ, so. Ephraim is a champ. He's got a recording in here. Are you ready, Andrew? Uh, as ready as I will ever be. All right, here we go. 
Sounds like Ephraim got outside there and played outside. That's really, really cool. Uh, I think we heard a little wind in the microphone. So certainly a good thing to do, more distracting, different feeling, and uh, yeah, we generally end up playing outside, so good practice no matter what. Ephraim, really nice job there, and I think a good improvement over last week. Now, still some things to continue working on. Getting on that downbeat and, and syncing, syncing up with the metronome is the number one issue there. Um, you were consistently had, you know, almost from beat one. And if you took the metronome out of the equation, it's okay, just tap your foot. So uh, what does that mean? It means you got to work a little bit more, maybe on a more simplified version or, or just a little bit slower on really thinking about what it is that's supposed to line up with the downbeat and holding yourself accountable. And my, my preference on how to do that is start small. Get beat one and beat two and maybe beat three on the beat, on the click of the metronome, and no more. Once you get those first three on the beat consistently, one, two, three, one, two, three, then add in beat four. That should be pretty easy. Beat five. Now, and continually build, but for me anyway, working on, on, on becoming consistent on playing with the metronome is about getting the first one, two, or three beats correct. And then the rest becomes super easy, right? It might take two or three or four weeks to get consistent with the first three beats and you know, super able to nail it every time. Get on that beat every time. But then, after those three weeks, you'll play every single other beat on the, on the click of the metronome, except for maybe some technique which drags you off the beat. But there's another, uh, you'll hear that because you're dialed into that click of the metronome, and you'll be able to quickly make that adjustment and work out whatever piece of technique or fingering has caused you to move a little ahead of the beat. So, you know, that, that's a really good way to work on things, to, to work on being on the downbeat. So that, that's a good uh, tip for everybody, I hope. Okay, my score is in. Good score, right? The bagpipe quality really boosted your score up there nicely. Bagpipe quality was very nice overall. Tuning and tonal quality, pretty good. High A was flat, but who cares? You know? Um, Scale navigation, overall scale navigation quality was pretty decent. Um, your score's lower there because you had some wrong notes and stuff. And there's some, there's some areas where you're expressing, like you're dotting and cutting so hard that you're like missing melody notes altogether. Um, and so like that needs to be factored in. Rhythmic accuracy was actually not terrible you were consistently ahead of the metronome, but it was only ever so slightly. Um, and you really maintained that well, and there was a nice balance there. So <clears throat> get tighter to the metronome, still something that needs to be improved, but uh, not too bad. Single grace note quality, pretty good. Uh, embellishment quality, severely lacking relative to the other fundamentals. All right, you need to take embellishment steps and quality uh, more seriously than you are right now. Um, like the D throw, that's not even close. Okay, and the same with the grips and some, uh, and some of the hackam movements. 
at the end of the line. You just you're just wiggling your fingers and hoping for the best. And given how good the other aspects of your performance are, I know you can do this. So you got to drill in. Uh, meanwhile, on the flip side of the coin, the the lift and the expression to me was really really nice. Uh, if you're tighter rhythmically to the click, it's going to make it even better as well. Um, so that really helped boost your fingerwork score. It, it felt like it had really nice uh, contrast and expression. Yeah. And the better we get at playing on that metronome, the more control we actually have, and the easier all of the rest becomes. You know, I know. Like playing the embellishment steps. Once we're on the metronome well, then it's easy to get at least the first step. And then if you can get the first step, what's two or three more? Right. But it really does work that way. Don't you think, Andrew? Yes. Uh, we can't, we don't want to improve our embellishments at the expense of our expression. Okay. But what's happened a few times today is people are, oops, you did it again, Carl. Uh, what people are doing is they're drastically improving their expression, but drastically deproving disimproving, making worse the embellishments, right? Because what, what overexpressing does is it makes us crush all those small things way too much. Um, we've heard that a couple times today. So, uh, Carl, how are we doing? We have 35 total possible minutes left. We have, uh, hang on, just lost my folder here. I will tell you how many we have left. We have. One, we have John up next. Two, three, four, five in addition to that. Six in addition to that. So, still got a little ways to go. Let's do it. All right. Here it comes. John's recording, and I am scoring this one, so let me just refresh my page here. John so we're having a lot of issues with like whole coverage and and clean uh, clean note changes a lot of scale navigation things going on there I'm not quite sure what that's all about 
but don't forget that, you know, augmenting occasional crossing noises can be like not covering the holes cleanly and stuff. So sometimes we're going down to low A and it's kind of unclean. Not sure uh, what's going on there. Um, rhythmically, you have Ephraimitis, uh, which is coming in early to the vast majority of the beats. Uh, but that can also be translated to not committing enough to the dotted notes. So, so we need, uh, a, a, in layman's terms, we need to hold the vast majority of dotted notes 2% longer so that, we're not, uh, so that we're not landing on the next beat too early and just kind of spiraling into that sort of lack of control. Callum Beaumont says, good playing, John. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, the bagpipe sounded pretty decent, I think. Although, to be honest, um, I was mostly focused on making goofy faces in the camera. And so I don't exactly remember uh, how the blowing quality was, but certainly the tuning was really nice. Um, and, I, and I really just think like, like the crux of it would be we need, we need better overall expression, longer on the dotted notes, which will allow us to be uh, more rhythmically consistent as well. Uh, hurry up, Carl. I'm, uh, I ran out of thoughts. All Plus, right. we're in the lightning round. we got to get through like six people in 30 minutes. Okay. Here comes John's score. So, John, pretty good. All things covered there on Andrew's side. He says hold the, two, the, the long beats a little bit more. I say 2% more confidence, right? The confidence to wait for that short note. Agreed. For the next downbeat, right? Just spinning his phrase there a little bit. Um, and yeah, it's that it's that concept that we use at the dojo of the ASAP fusion, where you could see that little bit of improvement that will help, one, get you onto the downbeat there probably a little bit more consistently. Um, so, so watch out for that. Yeah, we had some little whole coverage things there. I'm with Andrew. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. That's a little inconsistent with what you usually do. So, you know, think about maybe what caused that. Um, I thought uh, the tuning was very good. I wrote nice tunes. I meant nice tuned. Uh, I don't know. But it's I, it's weird for you to have a typo. It's so easy. It's hard because I'm under stress to like type fast too and get like everything, all my thoughts on it's this. True. Anyway. Um, so I heard in the tonal calling just some small deviations, some small stuff, right? Um, but, you know, that's that's where we have room for improvement is in our sort of mental blowing. You've got a great foundation there and a really nice bagpipe sound. So it's just a small, small deviations there that um, can definitely be caused by the complexity of a tune like this. Um, and, uh, yeah, embellishment quality suffered a little this week just because they were inconsistent. Some were clear, some were kind of got stuck. So I think, yeah. Some got a little bit stuck, like just didn't quite get them out. So maybe think about a little hand tension there, making sure we're relaxed and um, you know we don't have any moments of panic, which could be tied to those small inconsistencies in blowing as well. If you're a grade, if you're a grade four or three soloist, right? This you know you're probably not going to be competing with a tune like Arneson Castle, right? So so don't forget that as well, right? This is just an opportunity to develop and, and, to, and to see what happens. So it makes sense that 
that uh, some, you know, some of us are struggling here because it's extremely challenging uh, to do this well. So I, would, I think I'd be pretty stoked with a 59. Pretty good score. Yeah. That was really good. Right? And, and it's, it's good improvement, John. There's, there's some really good points here. So nice job. Don't, and don't worry too much about the whole coverage. It will come, right? That might just take a week. Like you said, you got a new blow stick there. Just getting things settled again. I don't think that's uh, anything to be worried about. All right, Andrew, you are up with Roger next. Oh, wrote... In our first of our lightning round here. <laughs> or oh, second, uh, second of the lightning round. Um, Arnest and... Excellent, Three Roger. So this is a simplified version. I love it. You're the first person to take our advice. Interesting. I have no doubt. It still has to be good, though. Don't forget. Yeah, I think it will be. I am pretty confident Roger's going to do a great job. Okay, I'm ready. Press play, press play, press play. Here we go. bagpipes on there really really steady it was enjoyable to listen to that um now it, you're you're on the right track here now don't 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 take the following out of context that's really in the right track you can hear bar one uh, was really really excellent you can hear you're working to get on that beat consistently and when you listen to bar one that's like that's excellent treatment of the asaps of the shortness d and d Get a buddy. That's exactly what we're shooting for. Now, playing the whole part that way is still challenging for you. You fell off the beat a little bit there, right? And um, yeah, some of the short notes got long as a result. You ended up rounding things out. But man, you're on the right track there. That's exactly what you're looking for. Um, and that's how you will improve not only your control, but good you know, treatment of ASAPs. It's clear you understand the concept here. And it's just it's going to take a little longer to implement it fully and to become comfortable with it. But uh, that's cool. I mean, that, it's exciting for me to hear that. It's really, really cool because it's clear you're, you're working and making progress and getting towards the right place. So excellent job there. Andrew. Uh, big crossing noises. There weren't a ton of them, but the ones that there were there were big. So... 
Uh, I agree. We got to get get those saxophone fingers moving. There, Roger. Um, rhythmic accuracy was the biggest issue overall. Very early to most of the beats. Okay, we need to lock into that groove. Okay, because that's going to open up, you know, your ability to play everything else really well, including some of the dot cut problems we're having. Right. The problems are likely more caused by coming in early to so many beats than it is your, your understanding of it. I think you understand what you're trying to do. Carl was pointing out there were some spots that were excellent, um, but you're, you're kind of floating in the breeze because we're not locked into the click. Uh, single grace note quality, pretty good. Watch out for putting thumb grace notes where G grace notes should be. And that's a hard thing for the an amateur listener to notice but as a professional listener to bagpipes i can hear sometimes you're playing a thumb where the g grace note should be and that's a very dangerous habit to get into so watch out for that uh tuning good tonal quality good total score see you below yeah excellent job all right we're powering along here I'm up next on Siri. Guess what, Andrew? I'm ready to go. Here we go. So that's um, pretty, pretty good, but there's a lot of issues going on there. So I, the first thing I would recommend is that we simplify it. So let's play without embellishments for a little while so that we can get the rhythmic accuracy happening. So you need to get more comfortable playing with the metronome overall. That's the, that's the root cause. It's not the only cause of like the struggles that we had, but... Um, but just to wait for all these beats, right? Get a feel for the groove overall, right? So we need to build this up bar by bar, get that control over the melody so we can really control when those notes are happening, okay? Uh, and then the reason we should take the embellishments out is because the vast majority of the embellishments were not played well, okay? We need to play 
the steps of each and every embellishment accurately and evenly. And that's not happening right now, nor should we be worried about it yet until we get the rhythm happening as well, okay? So, uh, so nice job, but I think we need to go back to the drawing board there and um, <clears throat> get, the, get that rhythmic accuracy happening. Carl, go. Here we go. All right, we're doing this a little fast, so excuse my normal giant typing errors. Um, so uh, rhythmic accuracy, yeah, that's that's the challenge here for you, Siri. Um, really work on that. It'll be easy for you to improve that very easily. As Andrew said, simplified um, a little bit will help you focus on that. I think for me, the order of operations here is get on the downbeat, work on that short note orientation around the beat, right? That's, if you can work on that little thing in that bubble, that will have an enormous impact over your playing and this score. And then we can open that door for the embellishments, right? D throws were okay, grips, uh, doublings, doublings were falling apart, grips were a series of low Gs with some stuff in the middle. Not really the best, um, and I know you can do better there. But again, who cares at the moment? You'll, you'll be able to reiterate those really, really quickly if we just simplify it for you know a week or two at the most. It'll be easy, and you'll have a big improvement there. So lots of potential here, Siri, for big improvement. Yeah. Um, but a, a solid performance nevertheless, right? Um, tuning I thought was really good. You got a couple of chokes in there, and we can hear the movement of the bagpipes a bit. Um, so that suffered a bit. However, um, yeah, that, that was really good. It was, it was pleasant overall. So, um, yeah, we can see just that potential. And that's maybe why we're pushing you a little bit here. Things are a little on the low side. But we've got excellent, excellent potential here, Siri, um, for rapid yeah. improvement. These ones hurt a little bit. You know, these, these when you get a critique like that, it hurts. I get it. But uh, zero in on rhythmic accuracy this this week and uh, and watch the benefits become reaped. Okay, next. Am I on? All right. Next we have, yeah, Andra. Oh, crap. I did it again. Carl, what the heck, man? This is like a failure of epic pro proportions here. All right, let me try that one last time. Here it comes, and uh... I, I say that at the same time, but oh yeah, there you go. Sorry, I got skipped earlier. By the way, if we don't get through everybody, we will do anybody we miss tomorrow morning in class. Yeah. Uh, All right, so... here you go, Andrew. If we get there and you you haven't heard yourself, you can't be offended. All right, go ahead.
nice jab there. Not rhythmic, rhythmically that was pretty good. Like embellishments, grace of quality, pretty good. Dot cut, pretty good. Um, tonal and tuning was nice, really enjoyable there. My biggest problem was the big crossing noises, and there was a significant number of them um, coming through there. Lots of lift drop crossing noises there. So um, maybe maybe you're dialed in a little bit too much, like thinking a little bit too much about not having false fingering, also known as phantom crossing noises, right? Um, might be a little bit too concentrated and keeping your fingers low. So you just got some of those uh, crossing noises. Could also be a tiny bit of tightness there. So um, maybe one or two percent relaxation from that will get rid of the majority of those though. It's not nothing to be super concerned about, right? Um, yeah, you said you were you're gripping there really tightly because it's a new read. There you go. You know, that's that's uh, definitely coming through. We can hear it. And so, uh, yeah, working to be that little extra bit relaxed. And, and this is something, when we get a new read, great time to practice exactly that, right? The tension from a new read, that extra effort, needs to be only between our lungs and between our elbow and our shoulder, right? That extra effort cannot come from our forearm, right? If we're pushing there, everything's going to be tight. So we got to keep our posture good, keep blowing well, but more importantly, that tension, that pressure comes from only between your elbow, the little bony part here, and your shoulder, and your back a little bit, but right? Can't translate into your forearm there. So think about that, and that can help you keep more relaxed. Andrew. Okay, crossing noise is just an enormously, enormously, catastrophically big issue. Um, considering how good your other fundamentals are, to have one or two small crossing noises in a tune as difficult as this would be understandable. But there were at least 50 crossing noises in that performance. 50 is a lot more than two or three. Okay, so we must sort that issue out. You know, rhythmic accuracy, I liked it. You're locked into the metronome pretty good. Grace notes, cool. Embellishment's not good. Got to work on them. But that would be a nice thing. That would be a nice thing to come away with, just that your embellishments need work as opposed to the crossing noise problem. Uh, and, and the dot cut quality and the feel and the expression musically of it, I liked it. Tonal quality, pretty good. Tuning, very good. So what's up with these crossing noises? Not worried about it, Andrew. Next week it'll be fine. I'm what, very worried about what it. What I suggested there, that tension between here and here. <laughs> She's making faces at you, Andrew. Um, crossing noises are bad. <laughs> right? That's chapter one of the beginner's tutor, is to not play with crossing noises. Right? So uh, if, if everything else was a two and your crossing noises are less than a one, I would be nicer about this. But... Uh, there's no excuse for crossing noises to be that poor, considering how good the other fundamentals are, even if your read is new. Okay, I'm done. All right, well, we have Lyndon. London? Lyndon. Lyndon. Here we go. 
that i like that kenny g moment at the end that was that was sweet it's it's kind of funny uh good job though um good job it's great to hear you playing i think that's the first recording we've heard of you things are happening um it would be nice to hear you work a little bit with the metronome but i thought the overall like rhythm was pretty good um you know the biggest thing i'll provide color on is that i really feel like the like you need to be playing the correct grace notes. And in a lot of cases, you're playing the wrong one. So whenever we have a beat note, we need to have the G grace note there. Okay, there are exceptions to that rule, of course, but like, you know, 95% of the time. G grace note, high G grace note on the beat. Sometimes you're putting like a D grace note in there, but that just throws off the order um, and the sort of balance of like the natural pattern of grace notes that we see in music so really focus on that get at the very least get those g grace notes in the right spot um overall flow of the music was good the bagpipe wasn't particularly the drones weren't particularly well tuned there so so the tenors are beating a lot and the bass is beating against them uh, but it also sounds suspiciously like maybe there's a calibration issue with the drones as well so okay it could definitely be calibration. And then, I think maybe what happened was the drones were tuned without the chanter going. Because um, they were pretty well, they were pretty good before you brought in the chanter. So to me, that sounds like tuned while the chanter was not being played. Um, we got to get at that same pressure, right? Now, calibration will help that, but still, you got to be playing that high A at full pressure in order to get the drones truly in tune. It'd be very difficult to do that otherwise. So um, something to consider there, but your job will be way easier once your drone reads are calibrated and taking the right amount of air. So um, this is a great place to start. Really positive here, right? Um, lots of little things to work on um, and, and we'll continue to address these, but uh, great, great starting out recording here. So some wrong notes, yeah. That, that caused the scale navigation score to go down a bit. Um, rhythmic accuracy, I'd love to hear you playing with the metronome. That being said, this was pretty steady. Um, you know, it was easy to tap our foot along with. However, yeah. definitely slowing down through the performance. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's one of the things that the metronome really helps with. And it's also going to help you to be more accurate and place things exactly where you mean. 
tying that in with the single grace note quality and those G grace notes, those G grace notes are where generally the beat will fall here. And so that can help us sync those up. Ah, you had a, a metronome in your ear. If you can, you can um, play it so that we can hear it as well. Um, yeah. But yeah. Most of us use, like you can see, I have a, um, you can see I have an amplifier there. Um, that, I mean, I can use it for jamming out on my electric guitar or my, or my, um, or, or tickling the ivories. Uh, but really it's just got a cable in it that I plug my metronome into, uh, if I need it. And that way it blasts out into the air. So if you are recording yourself, you have that reference on the recording. So, um, we're about to hit the five minute warning. How are we doing? Oh, well, we're doing anyway, Lyndon, nice, really yeah, yeah. nice job. Nice job. Keep up the good work. And uh, it was we're rushing a little bit here. It was great to hear you, and we want to hear you again. So, uh, good stuff. Absolutely. We have two more. Two more. We can do it. Uh, okay, we got to go fast because because I really don't want to get into the habit of going beyond nine thirty. Well, you can always do Roberta tomorrow since she was a little late and up. Ooh, nope, nope. Let's just do it quick. All right, here comes David. You're on David. Okay. okay. You ready? Yeah. Really nice performance, though, David. Um, great bagpipe tone there. Solid performance. Um, doing a great job of staying generally on the, on the metronome. I think there's just a few moments, though, where it was uh, a little ahead. Just a little bit, right? That 1%. Um, so, anyway, but really, really musical, fun to play, uh, fun, fun to listen to. Uh, a few moments where it feels like the grace notes, embellishments, got a little ahead of you. So maybe a few grace notes sync errors there. Um, sort of like just one or two moments where it feels like you tripped over, a little over your own fingers. Um, but I mean, this is all pretty minor stuff. That's a they're quite enjoyable uh, performance. Now, we could hear uh, a little more work to open up and, and hear <coughs> the steps of all of the, the embellishments, like the grips and the D throws, um, and even to some extent the doublings. Though those were pretty good. Uh, D throws and grips. I'd love to hear the the steps articulated just that little bit more. It doesn't necessarily mean making them bigger and slower. You just need to work to hear each step individually, and that they are the same size. So. You know, that, that's where we can work to improve a little bit on that. And that may mean 
taking back the tempo a little bit for a few weeks just to work on that aspect of your playing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can't get away from that being really enjoyable uh, performance. How you doing there, Andrew? Done. Must be close. Um, uh, yeah, so a score this high in the 70s on this is excellent. Really nice job, especially considering how intense the tempo was. So super good. Some teeny tiny super minor little crossing noises from A to C. You know, the classic like pinky movement going on. And or from F slash E to high A as well. Like, And I'm talking like the tiniest thing, like, you know, um, don't worry about it other than to note that it's there and it makes it to me seem slightly less than perfect rhythmic accuracy sometimes you're inching ahead of the beat and I just think a little bit of patience and or what Carl was saying earlier like confidence just to wait for it just that tiny bit more will give it a, a little bit more poise single grace note quality to wait for it. yeah single grace note quality excellent uh, the only reason I marked you down was some of the B strikes we're not cleanly going down to low G, just a nitpicky thing for you to zero in on to make the performance better. Embellishment quality, D throws, grips, and hackums could all be a little bit more clean. Tonal quality, really good. Tuning, really good. Dot cut quality and consistency, it's related to the rhythmic accuracy. Can you be that 0.01% that, that more confident on these dotted notes to make them last just that split hair longer? It uh, could make a big difference in the overall like expressive lift type quality. And it's something to explore. At this level, you don't always have to agree with me, but but that would be how I would lay out the score there. Nice job. Very like really good. Yeah, really nice. Really nice. Okay. Without <clears throat> any more delay, here comes Roberta. And that'll be our last recording. Yeah, this I mean we're getting under the wire here. Yeah. the D throw be as good as the grip that's what I don't understand you know the grip uh, this is a high tempo you're aggressive you're playing well the grip is coming through beautifully cleanly with accuracy and evenness but then the D throw is kind of just chucked in there as an afterthought Roberta says it's because I stink well clearly not because the grip is amazing um so the d throw you can make it as good and you should and you can and you need to also at this tempo we've talked about this before roberta the quality of your scale navigation suffers a little bit doesn't it so this is good this is the this is the tempo 
that you should be working at, right? In general, it's like that, where's the breaking point where the scale navigation goes from being totally clean to starting to have some of these issues? And that's where you need to be practicing and working and, and doing exercises and playing these bars a million times to figure out what's making them unclean and training your fingers. Because we want to break through this barrier and keep that, uh, keep that scale navigation quality good. But the bagpipe sounded excellent. The rhythm was really good. Um, and except for the embellishments, the, uh, or except for the dethrows, the embellishments were great too. Carl, thoughts? Uh, my only other thought is, I loved the grip. I would almost say they were maybe a little early, a little a tiny bit ahead of the beat. Mm. I don't know. Maybe Andrew disagrees. That's maybe. But, um, I, I thought the grip, or at least one of them, let's put it that way, because maybe I was inconsistent listening to them, but at least one of them I felt was a little bit early there. Um, and you know, so what? So that's a, a, a very minor momentary lapse in absolute rhythmic control. Big freaking deal. Um, but you know, something to work on there if you find that that becomes a consistent problem. Um, and let's see, B strikes, not as solid as they could be, not note as solid, not as solid as, as they could be there. And then right at the end, you heard Roberta, little, little crossing noise. Right, and uh, you know there are a few others coming through, um, throughout. Uh, small, small little stuff, and just as Andrew said, there, I think this is an excellent tempo for you to continually work on, uh, because it's where you're being pushed, and it's where, and um, where you will make that improvement. So, really, really nice job there. Highly respectable score, and uh, very enjoyable to listen to. Not much else to say. It was a great finale to what has been a jam-packed Dojo U Live. Yeah, and um, really great improvement, Andrew, this week, I thought. Like in how we in how we're doing, Carl? Like like we're like us? No. Come on. How how our students are doing? They've yeah. made great progress in the last two weeks. No doubt, right? So you know, all the naysayers out there. You know? Right. This Thanks is for this is how we roll. Like, like, show me, show me this kind of improvement anywhere else, people. I challenge you. Yeah. And uh, I, I hate to say that you were right, Andrew. Ooh, what it, am I right about, I hate Carl? To do it. You were right about getting on people's cases about having good recordings. Oh yeah. In the last two weeks, we haven't had a single <laughs> recording that was um, not. Less than very, very good. See, people, it wasn't that hard, I guess. Wasn't that hard. No, it can be done. Just need to put down the hammer. And I came down hard on Andrew today. Andrew, you had to go. But uh, I love you. I love you. That's why. What is it? You have to. What is it? We always hurt the ones we love or something like that. Or, um, and Andrew's made great improvements as well. So... Yeah, it's tough love or something. But uh, Andrea, if you're out there, we love you. You're going to come back next week better because of the uh, verbal thrashing I gave you. At least I hope so. What do you think? Yeah, no, she will. And Andrea knows that we're, we're, we're rooting for her. But uh, yeah, that was a great, great week, guys. <sighs> Hard work. Should be a little easier the next two weeks because, Andrew, we're looking at what tune next week? Next two weeks? Uh, brown-haired maid. Yeah. 
Yeah, the real. Ideals. Should be a good little change. You know, brown haired maid. It's gonna be fun. Great reel. It's going to be really fun. So Super fun. Yeah. Well, great job, everybody. That's so exciting. Man, that gets me fired up. I don't know about you, Andrew, but it really gets me fired up when people are making good progress like that. That's cool. It's, it's how we I'm roll. Proud of that, guys. Good work. Good work. Nice job. We'll see everybody next week. See you then.